On today's Question of Faith, what are you celebrating on February 14th? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Director in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And what are you... So, by the way, welcome back. Oh, thank you. That. Glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Last week I had what I think was flu type B, and oh. I had missed work for the first time in probably five years. I don't ever remember feeling like that in recent history. I don't think I ever recall you taking a sick day in the couple of years we've worked together no, now. So, no, yeah. I kind of pride myself on eating well and taking care of myself. It was yeah. humbling. Sickness is humbling because yeah. I, I mean, I'm around a lot of people, but I thought, well, I'll be okay. Yeah, and we're I both eat. that way. You know, we're, we yeah. Yeah, both very rarely take a day off unless it's vacation and you know, I haven't gotten sick in a long time. Is there wood for me to knock somewhere? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Um, I did take a COVID test. I did not have it, although I thought I did. That was funny. I, I, I sent the well. I sent it out on Teams, but I sent it to my brother because I was reading the instructions carefully until the moment when I put the juice in the little <laughs> hole, and then I saw a letter C and a line came, and I'm like, "Darn it, COVID!" And I sent it to my brother, and he's like, "Dude, no, C is control. You have to have a second line, which is test, and that's how you know." And I, so I didn't have COVID, but I certainly had something, and it's still lingering. I have a little bit of a cough. Mm. I sound a little bit like Leonard Cohen, but I'm <laughs> feeling better. But uh, boy, yeah, I was, I was, I was not feeling good. It when I was bad. around more people on a college campus, I, I got sick a little more often. Mm. Um, but there was one year I remember that I coughed, and I'm not kidding. For six months, mm. I had something. I don't. I still don't know what it was. It was clearly something viral. Antibiotics did nothing. My boss actually called me into her office once and was like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. you've been coughing for a really long time. And I was like, I've been to the doctor three times. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm not I'm clearly not contagious, but thanks for your concern. And it was just weird, yeah. you know. Father Joe Mamich, who I live yeah. with in the rectory across the street, said that the cough lingers a little while. So yes. I guess I'll expect that. I'll do my yeah. best. but. Well, we're glad you're back. Regardless. Thank you. It's good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> Megan and I missed you last week, so it's oh good. yes, I saw her actually on Friday night at the LEM uh, workshop oh, at right. the seminary. So yeah, yeah, cool. And so, what are we celebrating on February 14th? Was our question for today. Right. Uh, if if I know it's good for me, I'll celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> my, we're actually so happy Fat Tuesday, by the way. Thank which you. Is today, as yes. we're recording. Uh, my wife and I decided, because tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, my wife is a chocolate person. Uh, uh, she said, can we move up Valentine's Day? And she said, and why not? Fat Tuesday would be a better day to have chocolate yeah, and things like that anyway. Eve. It's the eve. It's the yeah, vigil. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And then we'll celebrate Ash Wednesday tomorrow. That's cool. So yeah, February 14th this year is Ash Wednesday It's also Valentine's Day, and for me, it's an important day because I am a Slavic American. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandparents came on my dad's side from Slovakia, and St. Cyril and Methodius Day would be, if it wasn't overcome by Ash Wednesday, the uh, memorial or the feast day for um, February 14th. And if you don't know anything about these guys, you should know, um, because they're pretty important. John Paul II made them co-patrons of Europe Mm. when he was Pope. Story goes like this: that the Slavic people were uh, not the most cultured and were not Christian, and so the church was sending missionaries to them, and the efforts were not met with welcome, 
and thanks and gratitude. Rather, they were often killed and sent home. We don't want anything to have to do with you. Mm. So Cyril Methodius, Cyril knew the Slavic, the Slavonic language, although our people did not have an alphabet. So he cre- created the Cyrillic, uh, the alphabet. Cyrillic alphabet. Yeah. And he went and spent time with his brother, just being with the people, really learning their language and their culture. And he got an indult from Rome to translate the scriptures and the liturgy into Slavonic. And that won over all the people. They're like, hoorah, yeah. hooray, we want to be Christian now. Um, and so Pope Benedict called them the uh, models for enculturation, how to meet a people, oh, yeah. take what's great in their culture, and if there's things that are not, you dismiss them, fine. But um, And bringing Christianity to a people and allowing uh, the cultures, the, 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 the practices in the culture that are wonderful to remain and um, allow them to, to embrace Christianity yeah. and which, which happened. So I'm forever grateful for Cyril Methodius because if it wasn't for them, who knows if I would be a Christian today. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very St. Paul. I have become all things to all That's people it. to win all people over. That's it. Yeah. And just, I mean, in terms of evangelizers, they were excellent because the first thing they did, there was normal, natural things. It's funny, yesterday... I had tweeted something about how it's time now since, you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and Travis is from Cleveland Heights and he's dating Taylor Swift, all this. I thought, well, maybe it's time now for Taylor to come to Kane Park, which is, if you've never been, it's it's, uh, an amphitheater Mm -hmm. in Cleveland Heights. And uh, they have summer concerts there. And I thought it's time for Taylor to do a one-night acoustic show at Kane Park. And someone went back to me, not on Twitter anymore, it's called X, and said, Father... And I said, what? And then he sent me an article of Lord Shrine, which is great. I love Lord Shrine. We're doing the Behold Retreat there. But I responded, you know, grace completes nature. So you invite somebody to something that they're comfortable with first. And then once you build the relationship, then eventually, you know, once Taylor's like, yeah, this is really great. I like Kane Park. Cleveland's a cool place. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something else that's cool. Let's go to the shrine next. So you take your time with people. Little by little. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) By the way, if it... A lot of people were betting, uh, and you and I had this conversation at lunch one day. We said that uh, will, will Travis propose to Taylor if the, if he wins the Super Bowl? Well, surprisingly, if if you there were there were actually Vegas odds on this. Really, that, that's I'm <laughs> glad he didn't. The, the couple of us found. Did you hear Usher got married after I the did. Super Bowl? I, did. I just I heard saw, that this I morning. I saw on Rolling Stone's page too. They had some pictures. Of that, yeah, that was interesting. I was like, we should have put money on that. That would have been funny. No one was thinking that. I guess I thought he was already. I thought he was already married. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I thought too, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, but they said it was his longtime girlfriend. So I was like, good. Well, congratulations, Usher, and good show. Yeah, and if it, I like the roller skates. Yeah, I did too. Very eighties. <laughs> I said and the if, same thing. Very eighties. If they're called to it, I mean, I what what I like about the Taylor and Travis thing right now. First of all, Travis is from Cleveland. Sure. Taylor's, you know, they're they're great. But that people are rooting. For a couple to get married and make a family is very good news, and it's exciting. So I I know people are, I don't like Taylor Swift. I I mean, we're hoping people get married and raise children. That's that's a good thing. And I hope they become Catholic if if that's in the cards, too. So anyway. They'll be fun. We'll do their marriage prep. See, it all comes back to February 14th and uh, Ash Wednesday and... My friend, Dr. Steve Chanderman, wrote this article, uh, Steve Teachers at Canisius, and, um, on Catholic 365. But, you know, these two things are really not that far apart because, you know, Valentine's Day is at least somewhat about love, right? You know, it, you know, sort of a hallmark holiday and a money grab. But still, 
at its heart, so to speak, it is about heart. Mm-hmm. And so is Lent about love, because mm-hmm. love requires sacrifice. Certainly. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, you know, do we do we lean into that a little bit more this year? You know, so I've been thinking. I was thinking, like, well, maybe I should make my Lenten sacrifice something about sacrificing more time for my wife, mm-hmm. and thinking about, well, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I could spend more time with my wife than I currently do. My wife was telling me today. She was like, well, she said, I need a day. You know, I need a day that you could take me to go get my hair done. Because she doesn't drive, and mm-hmm. so I was like, I was like, okay. And then she was like giving me all these dates, and then finally I was like, well, none of these dates really work. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just gonna have to change something so I can take her and go and do this. So I did. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, but true love requires sacrifice. It does. Anything that is important to you, you have to take time to and make sacrifices for, and that's true of. I, it, isn't the Summer Olympics this summer? Is that yes, right? Yeah, right. I saw a commercial with Katie Ledecky. Mm. I mean, you want to be a great swimmer. You're not going to be partying. You're going to be waking up early. You're going to be spending a lot of time in the pool and maybe sacrificing time with family and friends so that you can achieve this great good. And the, what's the greatest good? Our greatest good is our relationship with God and um, and his church, his people. So the kind of things that we do during Lent, the sacrifices we make— aren't because God needs us to make sacrifices because somehow he's not happy and he's needy. No, no, no. Like God doesn't need us to make the sacrifices. We need to make the sacrifices to make ourselves more like him, you know? So the discipline and the prayer and the fasting, the almsgiving, all that. I mean, if you think about it as you would with um, physical fitness, which I think is always a great analogy, like you, you, you put in, um, because you know that this is an important thing, and those investments you make um, in the long run really do pay off. So the, take a little bit more time to pray. At first, it could be hard to build that habit, but over time you say, man, I'm, I love this time of morning to pray or at the evening, or I, 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 I like however it is that I've decided to make myself more like God during this season of Lent. It's, it's benefited me, and not just me, but the world, you know. And to just belabor the physical fitness analogy, go go slow. Mm-hmm. You know, the first, you're gonna make a Lenten resolution. The first day, it's like going back to the gym. You, you can't lift what you thought you could lift what, you know, at some point in the past, right? right? You're gonna have to do this incrementally, and that's okay. You know, this is about making hopefully a change for the good and for you know for the better you know mm-hmm. that, that becomes part of your life it's like after 40 days you shouldn't be like okay now i can go back to eating all the crap that i ate before yeah. or you know i can go back to not praying as much as i as i've done during lent it should be well no actually this wasn't that hard let's let's keep this practice going now yeah one of the things too that i've been thinking about and preaching on a lot lately is that it's not ours to do things perfectly mm. But to do our best and to do things well, because God perfects things. And I even think of this when it came to my doctoral work. Like, I'm going to do my best, but if I have to make this thing absolutely perfect, it'll never get done because I, I can't do that on my own. But I can do my best, and the Lord will come in and he'll perfect it. I think of that when it comes to my preaching, too. Like, I want to be prepared. I want to... Um, have something to say, want to pray with the scriptures and with the congregation that I'm preaching to, but I I never have the whole thing together until the gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's like, Holy Spirit, let's go and get this thing. And like, 
trusting that the Holy Spirit will complete the good work that, that has already begun in me. It's, so I think during Lent for people, sometimes they think, I have to, it's, it's not about me, ultimately. It's mm-hmm. about God working through me. So you make yourself open to him in the Marian form, but let, let him do the work. And oftentimes it'll be completed in a way that you weren't expecting. And that's, that's a sign that you're actually open to the Spirit moving in you because you're not the one in control of everything. You know. And sometimes when you're not doing things perfectly and you discover that, you, you discover so much more, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, we, we've been practicing preaching as in, in our diaconate formation. And my classmate Ed the other day was up and he decided he wanted to try to preach without notes from the center instead of from the ambo mm-hmm. for the first time. He did a fantastic job, mm-hmm. right? He was really, really good. I, he actually moved me mm-hmm. to tears. Which isn't hard. Which, which isn't hard, <laughs> mind you. Mm. But at the same time, um, he mentioned to us later, he said, well, I forgot a little piece that I was going to say. And I said, Ed, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he goes, why? And, he, and I said, Ed, tell me what you were going to say. And he starts down this road, and I was like, Ed, that was really distracting. Mm. I said, your message was this. Mm -hmm. I said, and he had to really, it was Martha and Mary, and Mm -hmm. he said, we all have to be Martha. You know, we have to get things done, Mm -hmm. but we have to do this with Mary's spirit, putting Christ at the center to sit. What a perfect message, right? Mm -hmm. Anything else he said beyond that, who cares? And so I had to take my own advice. So I had to do a reflection at Sagrada recently, and I usually sing a little piece at, at the end of, mm-hmm. of any reflection that I do. I forgot a line in the song, which is far worse than anything Ed, <laughs> Ed could have done. And there's this long pause as I forget the line, and I just repeated the first line, which kind of fit into it, and then the rest of the song came back to mm-hmm. me. And so I was a little embarrassed, and someone came up to me at the end and said, okay, it was clear you forgot the line. No one cares. Mm-hmm. You sang it beautifully. It fit in with what you were preaching about, and your your reflection on its own really moved me. And then she told me a story mm-hmm. about her own life with it. And I was like, you know, even when we're not perfect, the Holy Spirit provides. Yeah. And this isn't to say to be comfortable, like, like – sin or right. that you're intentionally doing things that are immoral or wrong. Yeah. That's not that's not the point. The point is that God perfects yeah. our efforts and that we give him our best, we give him yeah. our heart, and he's the one who will complete those things. And and when you really entrust your work to the Holy Spirit, it may not go where you thought it was going to go, but it'll go where it needs to go. Right. That's I mean, w- we're in the midst of hiring a new director for Hispanic ministry right now in the diocese. And I've entrusted this whole process to the Holy Spirit. And when I meet with Lynette and we go through the uh, applications, always beginning with prayer, like, Holy Spirit, let us know the person that you want. Like, guide our questioning, guide our study, all these things. Like, so entrusting the whole process to the Holy Spirit, it also takes a ton of pressure off you. Because then you've done your work, and the Holy Spirit will certainly do his work, and what you're going to come out with is going to be really great. And I think too often as Catholics, we put so much emphasis on our own efforts, like for Lent, my prayer, my fasting, Mm -hmm. my almsgiving. Yes, 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 we need to do those things. But ultimately, like those things are a gift from us to God, that and, and he takes them and directs them to his purposes. Right. Right? So... 
Yeah, there, it's funny, like in Catholic Christianity, sometimes we can still hold control of everything and want things to be the way that I want them. And this is how things should happen. And mm, um, that's not, that's, that's if not only, the way. If only, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I always say, if you, if you had told me 15 years ago that I would be sitting here with the Vicar for Evangelization of the Diocese of Cleveland doing a podcast, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah, same. I mean, we didn't, I didn't even know what a vicar for evangelization was, <laughs> and I right. never, ever, ever wanted to work downtown. I mean, downtown to me was the man, you know, you got <laughs> and so now I'm the man, but like, not in the way that I thought. So the Lord's funny that way. We won't sing the know. Taylor Swift song because yeah, we'll get in trouble. Oh, um, yeah, man. yeah. I'm not allowed to sing any That's right. music because we'll be break either. copyrights or something. That's right. Whatever. Anyway, but um, good. Happy Lent. As, Happy Lent. As we move toward. It's going to be have great. You, have you decided on a resolution? or? I don't drink alcohol oh, during right. Lent. Um, other than that, I mean, prayer and fasting and almsgiving, but yeah. no no specificities there other than the fasting of I don't, not drinking. A deacon so. reminded me, he said, God willing, this will be the last Lent that you'll be a layperson. Oh. And I was like, huh, I like, didn't think about that. And he said... So what I'd like you to do for Lent is really concentrate on your wife and how much time you give to her. Oh, that's and so I was like, hmm, that's a good idea. So yeah. that, in addition to you know, I want to I want to look good at ordination. Yeah, that's not really the reason I'm doing. It. I'm really doing it for health because I'm yeah. actually feeling a little a little weary lately. So I'm like, all right, I need to I need to drop some weight. And I stepped on the scale the other day, and it basically said, get off of me, you're way too heavy. Uh-huh. And so I said, all right, now I gotta now I gotta do something. So. Go back to the uh, to the exercise that I had started and stopped, and I have not really been consciously watching what I've been eating. So mm. I'm going to really do that because when I do that, I feel better, mm-hmm. and I and I and I actually end up having more time for things that I want to do mm-hmm. if I if I manage what I'm eating because then I don't have to be on the run all the time. So yeah. it's good for me. And even after ordination, yeah. Your primary vocation is your wife, isn't Correct. it? Holy matrimony. Yes. And then, yeah. But so. she does make sacrifices for the church by sure. be, being a deacon. So, sure. So sure. you're saying, like, take some special time. You know, take her away somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. just do something like that. You know, figure out what you want to do in order to uh, to really do this. My classmates and I all kind of, we, we all heard this together on our retreat um, from a deacon. We all thought that that was a good idea. So we're all thinking about how we could do that well, this That's Lent in, in particular. All right, so you mentioned Cyril Methodius earlier, uh, and so the old Cyril Methodius parish is uh, Transfiguration. In Lakewood. Yeah, in there Lakewood. was one in Akron, too, that, that's closed, but there was, ah. uh, when we went through the, the closing stages back in like 08, 09, um, Slovaks took a little hit, and uh, <laughs> but Cyril Methodius was closed as a parish but reopened as Transfiguration. So Father Ted Haig, OFM, is the pastor there. We've done a few Great things guy. Yeah. With, uh, with his parish. Also, Zelly's home is in the old convent or the old rectory there, which is home for um, uh, single moms. Yeah. Great work. Mary Von Karlowitz has done a lot yeah. there with Catholic Charities. And they also picked up, I think, the old St. Rose and the old St. Hedwig. So it was a combination of three parishes. It's in an area of Lakewood called Birdtown mm-hmm. because all the streets around there are named after birds. And the church looks like it's out of Europe. If you've never been there, you ought to go visit. It it's reminds lovely. me of St. Clement's, uh, San Clemente in Rome. Um, beautiful. And 
Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but if you have never been, you ought to take a little visit. I have suggested it many, many times to people who really love to look at beautiful churches. I said, you know, I think that it's probably my favorite church in the diocese mm. in, in yeah. terms of beauty. It's in top ten for me, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's yeah. like, it, I haven't been there in a while, so I think I might try to go over there this Saturday or Sunday and just mm. say some prayers there, visit Father Ted. Yeah. I'm, I'm a regular help out at the other three parishes right. in Lakewood, but uh, not Transfiguration just yet. So. Well, give it time. Yeah. We'll and, see what uh, happens. <laughs> And so that's uh, Transfiguration in Lakewood. And uh, readings for the first Sunday of Lent. Well, believe it or not, Lent is here. Uh, I like the gospel. It's the shortest version uh, from Mark of the temptation in the desert, mm-hmm. where all it says is the spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. I always think, what are our wild beasts? Mm-hmm. What are the wild beasts in our lives that we need to, to tame and let the angels minister to us to drive away from us? Mm-hmm. And that our desert is this desert of Lent, and if we take it seriously, we ought to expect some temptations to come mm. along the way too. Those That's not a sign that God is against us or anything oftentimes It's a sign that you are faithful because why would the devil tempt you unless you were trying to be faithful to God? So, you know, take heart, have courage. Um, Some of the deeper moments of my life, I would say, even have been when I've been tempted, you know, Mm -hmm. and when I I realize that God is there for me in maybe a deeper way than he had ever been before. Yeah. And again, it's that relying on God, like you don't have it within yourself to fend off all these demons yourself. St. Anthony of the Desert knew that well. Like, you need the angels, you need Our Lady, you need the grace of God to to fight these things off and Mm. and to rely upon Him. It's like the sickness that I went through recently. I I texted a couple of my friends who uh, I think are, you know, very serious about their physical health, and they both told me, man, um, sickness is humbling because you mm. realize that you really do need to count on God for everything. And I, I do that like in the moral life, but I think oftentimes I can fall into the trap in the spiritual life or in the physical life. I eat healthy. I do this. So therefore I should get that in return. No, um, everything is relying upon God. Yeah. Every, every breath I, of my, of, I take, every, every move I make, you're going to edit me out here because I'm quoting Sting. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever. He's still watching you. Yeah, it's okay. true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, if you have a question of faith, you can email that to me, mhays at dioceseofcleveland.org, and we'll try to answer that here on this here podcast. And uh, we need some questions, so send them in to us. We, I always forget to ask for them at the end of the show. So send those to us, and uh, we will answer your question of faith. Mm-hmm.